You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hi, once again, and welcome to the JCN Clinic Podcast Show. I'm Jessica, and I am joined by Chris, who's just lost it already. We were just talking about our passion for herbs. and um, It just turns out I love every single yeah. herb, which makes me a herb whore. Yeah. <laughs> Our new hashtag. So today we are going to delve into a really meaty case study that we've had sent through to us. Um, and there's a fair bit in this one, and I think it will be one of those case studies that most people will get something from because there's so much going on. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to just dive in and, and read out this case. Uh, as we sail through that, though, we'll probably break things down and talk about different factors. There's also some testing, which we'll try and translate to as guys. best as we can. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty hard without A, you guys seeing the testing and B, actually knowing the yep. testing. But anyway, we'll do our best. It's pretty bloody epic yeah so okay right. so this is from um a lovely lady called caro would you pronounce it's gonna be a real aussie and say caro but caro. i actually think you're right <laughs> really really sorry if we are pronounced oh look caroline oh caroline yeah <laughs> cool there we go um all right hi jess and carissa i absolutely love your podcast and they never come out fast enough for me that's what we love to hear Thanks. that's why we're reading your case study yeah. <laughs> I'm about to start studying um, mature, very stu- mature, very student, but still only feel young. Know that feeling too. Nutrition through the Naturopathic College of New Zealand in health science. Um, have always been really into nutrition and health and can't believe it's taken this long to step away from the money jobs and do something I'm passionate about. Um, so I'm just jumping down a little bit further. Hey, anyway, on your podcast, you're asking for case studies. Wondering if you would be interested. Probably didn't need to read that all out, but it's nice to get a bit of a background, yes, right? Background, <laughs> some background info. In note from, oh, because I'm a talker like you guys. I'm 51 and generally super healthy, good eater and exerciser. Only vice really is the wine. I live in sunny Hawke's Bay, inverted commas, wine country. Hawke's Bay is more savlon? Oh, I don't know. I think... Oh, I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember. A lot of the stuff you see from there, like from that is what I think is Sav Blanc, definitely. Mm. Damien would kill me right now, but I can't remember. I, I feel like there might be some Pinot. Anyway, anyway side note. Side note. Food is more or less <laughs> sugar-free, vego-based, loads of greens, bit of meat, healthy carbs, still do a bit of dairy, cheese addict, but mostly almond and coconut milk, lots of good fats. This time last year I was doing chemo, January to April 2018, after a mastectomy in November 17. Um, I sailed through it, never a moment's nausea, only side effect was joining the Baldy Club. <laughs> though, the, though they automatically put you on tamoxifen, uh, which, is three months, which in the three months when my lashes, brows and nails start to fall out, so I said no thanks. So she didn't actually take it. I get it. I switched to an integrative doctor and have been on Selvestrol and Sulforaphane, which are products that are pracky only, along with other vitamins, 
Nordic Naturals Fish Oil, CoQ10, Vitamin D, Vitamin C, curcumin, bees, magnesium. Um, and since my Dutch results, now, adrenatone. now also Adrenatone, which we'll talk about. Much more expensive than the three-month prescription of carcinogenic drugs for $5. <laughs> Thanks, government. <laughs> I had a so gene expression test and a Dutch test, which are <laughs> attached. Um, will we keep going? Keep reading from there? Yeah, and we'll come back to some right. and we can... Bring so, test results, I suppose. Wondering what you would recommend in terms of supplements and nutrition. Basically, flatlining in the sex hormone department. Sadly, zip sex drive and would love to get that back. Energy levels, great. And I'm super happy, positive person, even Yay. though Doc says results would expect a downer type. It's so cool. Not that the doctor said that, but just that you've got so much energy and just that positivity. Love yeah. it. Memory, terrible. But think that has always been. Not need but need to be onto it for studies. Chemo threw me into menopause, so lots of hot flushes a revolting and revolting belly fat. Would also love to give that the boot. Mm -hmm. I'm five foot four-ish, I think, and between 62 to 65. Would love to be a few kilos lighter, but that's a shallow vanity. Strong fit and functional <laughs> is fine by me. I'm keen to get back to my normal exercise, which is six days a week, mix of different types of training. To that would... Um, so that would help with weight for maybe six months, have been doing a couple of pump a week, starting on the treadmill, playing summer hockey, walking my two dogs. If it's too much to go through, not a problem. <laughs> Put it out there anyway. Um, We're taking it yeah. off. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a fantastic case. So where to start? We've got these tests as well, but I think maybe before maybe we talk about summer, the testing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go first? Because I need to catch my breath. Yeah, after no, that. Okay, okay. yeah, it's pretty epic. Okay, so straight up, we're probably just like if we're just looking at probably the last couple of years, we can definitely say that your body or her, like Carolyn's body has taken quite a um, battering. So when we're talking about breast cancer, we probably just need to work out like um, in terms of just potentially how we focus our treatment. It does look like. The integrative GP is doing a little bit of estrogen clearance, so maybe that's pointing me towards the shift that potentially it wasn't estrogenic breast cancer mm -hmm. by nature. Um, so that that matters sometimes a little bit in terms of what we would do. Um, but obviously, let's just say the last few years, few years, few years <laughs> have been crazy. So we've obviously been diagnosed with breast cancer, um, um, had the mastectomy, and then the chemo and all of that super fun jazz. Um, and then that sort of looks like it ended in April last year. So we're kind of pushing 12, 12 months post-treatment. Post yeah. So one big thing I think to remember there, and obviously quite fit, quite healthy, energy's good, positive outlook, outlook which is amazing. Um, diet sounds pretty good. Like it looks like it's refined, sugar-free, veggie-based, little, little bit of meat, healthy carbs. So sounding like it's pretty macro balance like maybe not balance but you're obviously including all the macros which is mm -hmm. awesome i'm assuming since you love our podcast yes. so much that it's macro balance <laughs> mostly dairy free apart from cheese which is great and the occasional wine which she doesn't bloody love that so that's fine <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah so the supplements obviously are all good we're looking at any inflammatory support um with the fish oil we've got a bit of mitochondrial support in there with the coq10 and antioxidant support we've got vitamin d which is super important for hormones and for immune system a bit more anti-inflammatory and antioxidants 
support with the curcumin and vitamin C. B complex, great for energy, great for liver detoxification, magnesium, great for absolutely bloody everything. Um, and the adrenaline, obviously, for those who don't know, Cracky um, supplements is a really good um, HPA axis support. So it's got some really nice adaptogenic herbs in there that support the stress response and a bit of tyrosine as well. So. Mm. So it's a really actually quite a good supplement mm. combo, I think. Like She's actually doing bloody nailing really, it, really well. I have to say, like, I agree. <laughs> even though there's so much going on and there'll be things that we'll, I'm sure, point out mm-hmm. and that will hopefully be helpful as well. Like there's so much that she's already got doing covered. Right. Like yeah. just pat on the back for that. And it sounds like your integrative doctor yeah, exactly. is really on it as well. Yeah, I agree. So it's not. I don't think either of us look at this and go, "Oh my god, you like, should be on that." That's too much. Yeah. You're missing a big part of the picture here. Yeah. Um. The one thing I will say. So obviously with goals, like obviously the sex hormone department and the flatline sex drive, that's a pretty big one. Like obviously mm-hmm. with any menopause, whether it be, um, you know, chemo induced menopause or just mm-hmm. menopause in general. Um, so that's probably a pretty big area. Yeah. Um, I think we're actually going to do a whole podcast on sex drive, aren't we? we? Are. So yep. that's one. Like, so we'll just talk about health goals for you. Um, energy levels are great and positive. Like, I think the positive outlook and all of that that just shines through. Like mm. for people, you know, I think that's just awesome considering what you've been through in terms of the last few years. Um, memory is a big one coming into menopause as mm. well. Um, but if it's always been terrible, maybe we've got some other things we need to consider there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Like the belly fat, I think um, I think as you get back into your exercise that, you know, and obviously we've talked about this on other podcasts, but um, as you get back into your exercise that, you know, toning up and all of that should start to happen. My caution around that at the moment would be like you're only um, – a year post chemo treatment. And I definitely say to all of my clients that are kind of in the post chemo stages, just remember that you've got to give your body a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Like it is in a heel. It's like chemo is epic on the body. Um, So is, what's the other thing? Radiation. Mm -hmm. So depending on what, whatever form of sort of treatment you do, whether you do one or the other, or you do both, um, it's not just like, I'm, I'm so sorry that you're feeling great and you've mm-hmm. cruised through it all, but please just remember that behind the scenes for anyone that's gone through any treatment like this, this is, it's a freaking epic toll. Like it's yeah. epic on the gut microbiota. It's epic on the adrenals. It's epic on the immune mm-hmm. system. And it's not something that even though you're starting to feel like you're, you're already feeling great that I mm-hmm. would go in probably just in a little bit of you know maybe like a shallow vanity in your own words but I don't think it's that I think you know you want you're feeling great so you want to get back into your fitness and all that I would just put a little bit of a caution around yeah throwing yourself back into any of the higher intensity training and pushing too much that is probably needed to shift this um this bit of stubborn belly weight like that will come over the next few years and I know that seems like probably a bit of a a long time to kind of wait but please just probably respect that your body's got a lot to go through and a lot to deal with at the moment behind the scenes even though you feel great and your energy's good i would probably really Mm -hmm. look after it and respect that it's got it's got a journey behind it in terms of recovery recovery so sure and that that belly uh, she calls them revolving belly (laughs) fat which is like oh that that gain of fat around the midsection is also very hormonal so i think a lot of where to go to from here is about support and rebuilding and nourishing the body because it has been, as Chris has said, through so much. So the, one of the biggest areas that stands out here post all of this is the depleted hormone picture, yeah. which we'll, 
um, talk about with the Dutch. So dealing with those low sex hormones and the low sex drive, but then the, the memory can definitely be affected by that. Although, as you said, you've always had that. There could be some other factors tied up there. I mean, you know, sometimes if you're just someone who's crazy, super busy, yeah. you can <laughs> tend to end up with memory issues. Jess and I are not going to have feeling. any memory by the time we're 50. That's it. <laughs> I'll be like, who are you? And you'll be like, who are you? That's it. So if you're talking about like you've got always had a lot on your plate, you do 101 things at once um, and you're the sort of person that walks into a room and opens the fridge and you're like, I don't remember why I opened the fridge. Like, <laughs> it's freaking me all the time. <laughs> or goes out to the supplement cupboard to get a supplement and forgets why you're there. Yesterday I, um, <laughs> I was looking for my, my reading glasses. I got into the office doing my usual thing, really love an hour, put everything down. Obviously got my, <laughs> got my reading glasses out physically got them out of the case and put them in front of me and then I was like sitting in front of my computer and I'm like need my glasses so I'm looking through my back and I'm like where the fuck are my glasses anyway and then I look straight past the actual glasses out of the case see the case on the desk open up the empty case <laughs> just like where are they and then see them actually in front of me I'm like oh my god it's so, Wednesday yeah. that, that's a little bit different that's a little bit you just need to slow the f down and um just kind of bring that a constant mm. adrenal cortisol surge down to a more manageable level but in, in all seriousness if it's been ongoing memory issues and brain fog issues associated with that then we would start to look deeper into gut health um, wow. we don't really know much about what's going on with your gut which is a big thing post uh, everything that you've been through like your your body has had to deal with so much your gut um, in particular as Chris has said your microbiota has just been Rather highly than... highly affected and your liver yeah. again has been you know trying to deal with all of the the toxicity mm. you're doing so much already but that's a really big area that needs support now but if it was prior to all of this going on potentially an issue then that may need further investigation or a little bit further support around the gut but also yeah I was just highlighting that's right with the that visceral weight mm -hmm. if you have that lower estrogen picture you will be holding weight around the midsection so if you can as much as possible start to support your hormones and help naturally lift that estrogen a little bit that's probably going to help with the weight loss I have a with time with drive as well. oh hell yeah, yeah definitely um i think a really good thing too before we dive into the um the test results so it's just probably really focusing on some of the diy stuff you can do for your gut if you're not doing it already mm. it sounds like you're really onto your health so i'm sure you're probably doing a lot of this stuff behind the scenes but just big ones, like I would be, so I think things I would really be doing in the background um, is keeping an eye on gut function overall, which obviously mm. Jess and I are nutters for that. Um, but little things you could be doing, obviously, making sure you're just really starting to look after and rebuild the gut micro, uh, microbiome, the gut lining mm -hmm. and all of that. So just obviously your real standard take home. So things that I think people kind of just overlook or think probably aren't that important, but I'm telling you, like, there's so much stuff you can mm. do just at home, just as general gut health and general gut gut maintenance and love. So we're talking about simple things like organic slippery elm bark powder, mm -hmm. amazing for the gut lining, um, cooking up broth. And I get the broth concentrates are great, but I'm telling mm. you right now, you can't, I don't think you can whack into a jar what you can physically, no way. What you can physically make yourself from, from some organic fish carcass or, you know, freshly wild-caught fish carcasses, mm. um, you know, organic marrow bones, organic chicken carcasses. Like, mm -hmm. you just... 
doing that stuff yourself, I feel like that, like if, if all you can do is get it out of a concentrate, out of a mm. jar, then that's still better than nothing. But I still think hands down, getting out your slow cooker, cooking something for 12 to 24 mm. to 48 hours and just leaving it on and just taking mm-hmm. bits out of that. Like we're just talking about, you know, the hydroxyproline and all of those amazing nutrients that are going to help heal the gut lining. Yeah. So that to me is something invaluable that you can do yourself, including like obviously with your diet, like lots of um, beautiful natural antimicrobial herbs. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to go and smash your gut with hardcore high dose, you know, pracky um, antimicrobials to get the benefits of, you know, what you can do on a food-based perspective just by including things like... Oregano. <laughs> exactly. There might be a really cool recipe for that really, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, you know, rosemary is beautiful. Garlic is beautiful. Onion is mm. beautiful. Ginger, turmeric. Like we've got all these amazing mm. food-based products that if you just start including them in some way, shape, or form in your diet daily, your gut is going to get the benefit of those. Um, yeah. Else? Don't forget that, yeah, as you say, every day is her, an opportunity for her to be putting Please. in a really diverse gut-supportive yeah. nutrients um, and also, because you have mentioned that you do have a really good dietary base with loads of veggie base, loads of green. The big thing, yeah. So for us, it would be about getting as much diversity mm. as you can. So diversity of vegetables, diversity of color, lots of prebiotic base foods. So we want lots of different types of grains, lots of different types of root vegetables, legumes. Like yeah. you really want to be getting as much variety into your diet as yeah. possible. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other area which we've sort of touched on and which we'll probably show in the Dutch um, results is the, the foods that we can use to help yeah. with that hormone modulation, right? Yeah. So, you know, you've, you've mentioned some of those beautiful gut ones, but then we've got things like um, using our phytoestrogen type foods, depending on what's going on there. So whether we can look at some organic um, tempeh and edamame beans, whether we can use things like mung beans and alfalfa sprouts, um, and again, the, the legume family to really help with that modulation of estrogen. Yeah. Um, we've got things like maca, which is delicious. Bloody love maca. <laughs> which you could be using on a daily basis, throwing into smoothies or little balls and so forth. Mm. So I think, again, it's hard without seeing your day-to-day diet, but what I think we would be doing besides making sure we have a good foundation is then taking it next level. We want to make it really medicinal. We want to use functional foods. We want to use the prebiotics and the, Mm. you know, the um, fermentable foods as well. So, you know, I think we would just have a field day with basically just pimping this up to next level, wouldn't we? Yeah, and I just think it's so important to, like, understand and I know we talk about this all the time. It's something we really, really um, – we talked about in our workshop on Saturday, but just mm. getting the foundations of eating right is so important. But just realising how much you can do with food. Yeah. Like, obviously, the supplements and everything on top of this, for someone who – and especially when we get into genetics a little bit um, – has got needs this extra support. Yeah. But just from, on a day-to-day basis, for someone who's obviously got so much healing and so much restorative work to do over the next couple of years to bounce yeah. back from, you know, what chemo does. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, the tra- trauma of a surgery and losing a breast yeah. and all yeah. of that. Like it's, and you know, cancer doesn't, isn't something that just forms overnight. So your body's been fighting an immunological battle for yeah. potentially years. Yeah. So it's kind of really just now taking the time to just do as much goodness as you can from a dietary yeah. um, and exercise perspective, not doing it too much. Yeah, for sure, exercise. for sure. Let's um, let's talk about these results. We'll do the Dutch first, just 
briefly. Just briefly. So the Dutch test, we have done um, a episode on the Dutch test before. So I'll pop that in the show notes if you guys want to know more about it. But it is a really great tool for getting a very thorough overview of your reproductive hormones and your adrenal hormones. Um, so in a nutshell, what we're looking at here um, for Caroline is really everything is very, very low, which is not surprising considering yeah. what she's been through. So yeah. her progesterone is very low. All of her estrogens are low. Her metabolites are low. She's also not clearing estrogen very well either. Um, her test, did I say her testosterone? Her testosterone's low. Even her DHEA is low. So, yeah. you know, overall, she's very much flatlining with all her hormones. And it just, it makes sense given everything yeah. that, that she's been through. So, our, our role here would be about, as we are just talking about, how can we use food as medicine mm -hmm. to start to support this on a daily basis? And then um, I know she did ask about supplements, like whether there would be things that we might consider there too. Mm -hmm. um, also, with this test, it breaks down <laughs> her adrenal function in regards to her cortisol output. So... Her overall metabolized cortisol is actually not too bad. Maybe that's yeah. because you're such a bloody happy, positive person, yeah. which is yeah, great yeah. to see. Yeah. But you are very flatlined again in your actual, um, your your free daily free cortisone. So you sort of like your storage the as opposed to your looks pretty cortisol. Much bang onto mine. Yeah. <laughs> I just started laughing. I'm like, she's got the same cortisol pattern as me. <laughs> so it's interesting, yeah, how you feel energy wise, but. Um, yeah, I would sort of question maybe from an energy point of view how much of that is driven by just being a really high-functioning person <laughs> as opposed to underneath all this, if you just stopped, you'd be like, oh, my God, I am actually quite tired. Yeah, this is where the um, adrenotome, I think, obviously, yeah. adrenotome was added in after the Dutch. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously probably a really good product for this cortisol-cortisone picture. Yeah, um, definitely. So just looking after that stress response, looking after that HPA axis, those adaptogenic mm. herbs are great for that, so I can for that one definitely um, i'd also be looking at here yeah like those yeah you, the adaptogen herbs like the licorices and all those sorts of things but and i think she's already on it but yeah your, your foundations again like your vitamin c and your b5 yeah. and your um your amino acids to really support the adrenals not just trying to like push them too much yeah. as far as output um, and of course which we've already said numerous times it's about lifestyle so this picture as Chris has said, now we see this. This is not someone you want to be flogging themselves at the gym. As Chris is just like cowering down. <laughs> this person needs to be nurturing themselves, like a little, you know, some exercise a couple of times a week as but far as high intensity. Body. But this person needs yoga and stretching and finding their form of meditation. They're, you know, going for walks with the dogs. They're finding a nice quiet nook in the house to read a book. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't ignore the lifestyle component of this. So I think, yeah, it just highlights that it's not a time to be really trying to push your body hardcore with exercise. No, no. and just really listen to it as well. Like this has probably been something I've had to learn mm. big time over the last couple of years, especially since doing my Dutch a few years ago too and having a very, very similar cortisol, cortisone picture is that yeah you're not you're not at burnout by any means but you still just need to again just really understand that you if you can have your days where you'll go out and you'll smash your workouts and you mm. do your higher intensity a few times a week but you also need those downtime days and if you wake up in the morning and you're tired be tired and rest yeah so exactly 
There's also some organic acid markers now on the Dutch, which is cool. This is what I was going to say before too, just mm. to totally cut you off. But um, the other thing I would probably be doing um, when we're talking about the gut stuff is some bloods, and this is what probably tie into this. Mm. But just really, and we'll talk about this with the genetic test as well, but really just looking at your um, B12 markers, your B6, homocysteine, liver function. Um, what else would you look at with this? Because straight up. As far as like her blood testing yeah. goes. Um Pretty much as much as I could, yeah, but like, yeah. do you know, I feel like I wouldn't need to, I mean, oh, this gives us a lot, right, yeah. already, but it would be everything else outside of that. But yeah. I'd love to see liver function. Definitely. I don't know how much we would capture with liver function on a general pathology test, but it's a bloody good place to start yeah. to see after what the liver has been through, if there's signs of liver stress and yeah. liver damage, I think that would be a real biggie. Um, and even things like cortisol, seeing what that's doing as a mm. cortisol, sorry, not cortisol, um, cholesterol, oh, yeah. seeing what that's doing um, in response to what the liver is doing from a stress yeah. point of view. Um, yeah, did you say thyroid? Oh, definitely. Yeah, thyroid. yeah, I even thyroid. Think with be... that cortisol, cortisone picture. Yeah, yeah. Things, I'd be keeping an eye on your thyroid yeah. as well, so definitely. Full thyroid panel. And we, again, we've been through so much. I think we'd be massive detectives here too, and we'd be wanting <laughs> a little, definitely more information. And I think Chris and I always want to know what's going on with the gut. So through, we probably we would definitely hound you with a million questions there. And then if we thought it was necessary, we would probably look at doing a test in that yeah. capacity. And someone being through what you've been through would be very important because yeah. your microbiota would have been heavily affected by the treatment. And yeah. you might even really benefit from a really good liver function test outside of general pathology mm -hmm. where we can see if there's different pathways with your liver that yeah. are under stress more than others. And there is with the genetics, we can see there's a propensity for that, but we can actually say, okay, is there some issues there actually yeah. at play? Yeah. So obviously the Dutch test now does um, the organic acid markers, which is really cool. When I did my Dutch test a few years ago, it only did two, whereas now mm. it does a whole host of them. So some of the really cool things to look at is it does your um, vitamin, your B12 and your B6. So for me, the B12 done by urine as an organic acid marker is probably the best mm. way to look at B12. So our bloods, you can look at B12, active B12 in the serum, but methylmalonic acid, which is what we look at here, is probably, I think, the gold standard way to look at B12 for an, a, a deficiency. Uh -huh. So what we're looking at with organic acid markers is um, pretty much whether they're high or low um, in this. So obviously for this lady, they're actually high, which means they're in high, like I look at it as in, their, in high demand, so deficient. Mm, uh -huh. So... The things, obviously, we've talked about this in the past, but B6 and B12 are bloody huge markers for um, detoxification, huge markers in mental health, huge markers in our energy cycle. Yeah. So they're pretty bloody. Well, yeah, now you've, again, hormones, hormones, particularly with the B6 too. Yeah, so we've got some pretty bloody important, you know, two vitamins here that potentially need a, a, bit, a bit of looking after. Yeah. So I would obviously be keeping an eye on that, but making sure that the B vitamin that you're taking is probably a really good active. Mm, probably. So, so she's got the, yeah, that B complex, but yeah. yeah, big question around what it is. Yeah, yeah, I'd be looking at the quality of that. I'm assuming mm. if it's come from an integrated yeah. GP, she's probably like looking at your genetic test, whack you on an activated one. Um, so that would definitely be one thing. Then we're looking at our glutathione marker. So glutathione mm. is our body's own endogenous um, antioxidant. So it's the one thing we can produce internally um, from a couple of amino acids. That is, it's an amazing thing. Um, 
but we want to make sure that we've got enough of the substrates to make it. And if it's in higher demand, which it is in this instance, obviously it means that there's an upregulation of inflammatory processes. So it's there's more antioxidants. It's such a biggie for her too, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's hard just to pick one thing out, but like the <laughs> amount of like liver stress from what her body's been under and to see that glutathione is an issue, like mm. as a major, um, you know, major, major antioxidant player. Yeah. Like that needs some serious support yeah. and attention. Yeah. So I think supplement wise, we would definitely usually look at supporting that. Yeah. Um, we'll probably put together a wicked compounding oh formula yeah. that's like, stunk. Yeah, that's stunk. <laughs> so like without dropping names, what we might we can probably just safely say because anyone yeah. any crackies listening are going to be like, bang, she needs to be on NAC. Yeah. So NAC, N-acetylcysteine, boom, gives you the precursors to mm. make your glutathione. So that's probably something like if we had to start topping up your supplements mm. a little bit, I'd probably be having a good hard look at NAC. Mm. Um, there is also it some... tastes t- like us. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and there are the sublingual glutathiones, which are kind of a yeah, little bit true. on the fence still as far as research, research back. Shows. I mean, yeah. uh, we've seen some people, I know I've had a few clients really benefit from it, um, but at the moment it's probably for me more anecdotal yeah mm. i just go straight and they see i'm like suck it up take yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> i get so many emails i'm like is my, is my compound meant to smell like rotten egg yep <laughs> sure is um, um yeah cool so what else does it look at it looks at um the dopamine and epinephrine markers and serotonin so they're all i feel like probably streamlining a bit mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. And melatonin low. So that's probably, honestly, a big result of this cortisol picture, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, definitely. I think all of that ties. Antioxidant stress marker DNA damage is within range, which is good to which see, good. considering what you've been through. For a few people, yeah, maybe. I don't usually see that no. being a problem. Um, Shall we jump into I, I the next one, or do you want to keep going with no, this? No, I feel like that's yeah. we kind of covered that. Like, So obviously take-homes... Keep on top of your bloods with this. Look at, like, obviously look at, like, from this, like, we're looking, the Dutch test, we're looking at trying to support hormones naturally um, from a food-based perspective, um, looking after the stress response, which will always also do that, looking after our cortisol, not pushing ourselves too hard, and really there's a big drive for um, detoxification um, and antioxidant support yeah. from this test. And the hormones in general, you're more of your reproductive hormone picture, everything's yeah. very, very, very low which is going to come down to support through diet and a lot of what you're already doing, but we talked about those natural phytoestrogen type foods that you can be using to support yourself. But the more you also support your cortisol output, you'll naturally be also supporting your progesterone as well because everything's so interrelated. Um, So let's jump. Let's power through the genetics, the most complicated part. (laughs) In two minutes. (laughs) Two minutes. Give it to me. We might need to do this in stages. (laughs) Give me the genetics in two minutes. I'll smash it out. It's my area. (laughs) Carissa has an absolute passion and love for genetics. We had a look through this before and there's definitely some key players. So let's just Let's just do it quite quickly because I think too, if we get, we're obviously going to start doing some um, podcasts on genes as like, um, as we get more time. But at the moment, I'll just give you guys a really basic overview. So obviously, when we're just quickly when we're talking about genetics, we're not saying you either can or can't do things. It's about having an increased or decreased capacity to deal with things in a certain way. So 
overall, we're looking at the first part of the genetics test. We're just looking at probably inflammatory processes. So she's got some really amazing things working for her, but you've also got some pretty big game players in terms of um, like pro-inflammatory yeah, processes. Definitely. So we're looking at things like interleukin-6 and the COX-2s and 3s. Like there's some pretty big players there in terms of pro-inflammatory mm -hmm. processes happening yep. in the body. And then some probably intermediate markers looking at things in terms of how you would actually deal with that. So mm -hmm. a little bit behind the eight ball in terms of how your body deals with inflammation. Yeah. So we know looking at that and given your history that that needs an extra push yeah. as far as support. So I think yeah. when we see that in the context of the glutathione markers yeah. as well, um, we definitely know that we're probably going to push things more from a food point of view and also a supplement point of view there yeah. more than perhaps the, the next person. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. absolutely. Then we have... Just anti-inflammatory side. That's more of those babies. Antioxidant status. Yeah. Um, that's a good one to have. Too, yeah. Yeah. SOD. It's so kind of midline. Yeah. So NSOD and the GPX one markers. So they're basically antioxidant markers. So a little bit de like a little bit decreased capacity for antioxidant status there as well. Um, looking at phase one and phase two liver. Mm -hmm. So phase two detoxification has got some great things working mm. for it, but the um, I thought this was interesting. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> sorry, I'll like jump in on no, you. Go for it. But yeah, her, probably the major one that stands out is um, in regards to estrogen metabolism and really getting rid of those toxin, toxins, toxins in regards yeah. to your hormone metabolism. Yeah. So that's such a biggie considering yeah. everything that you've been through. Yeah. So that, I, I think, again, your support already with the integrative doctor is starting to look at that. Yeah. But perhaps using some of the key sulfur amino acids there, maybe even looking at some Keldeglutarate as well yeah. would be something that we would consider to really be supporting that through the liver and also through the gut because yeah. it comes down to what's happening with your gut and your so microbiota true. and bacteria there that can influence and put stress onto this pathway. So if there's already a genetic predisposition there, that's something you'd want to be really on top yeah. of. And there's quite, and I think it'll probably do this later in the test. We haven't gone through the full test, but there's a lot of um, genes that we look at when we're talking about estrogen detoxification. So at the moment, we haven't hit them yet. <laughs> vitamin, oh, vitamin D. D. So I would really be um, having a look at your vitamin D levels based on this because vitamin D, as we know, is so important for our hormone metabolism, um, hormone, uh, um, hormones, immune system, all of that. So mm -hmm. if you've got strong genetic variants on how your um, vitamin D kind of genes express or anything mm. like that, then you really need to know about that because it bloody affects vitamin mm. D um, metabolism affects so much stuff. She is on vitamin D, but you've got to wonder too then what's happening. Yeah, yeah I guess even gut, I, yeah. the sublingual potential factor again might be beneficial. Yeah. Um, let's keep on going. Methylation and homocysteine. Great. So there's some pretty big issues here. Um, I'm a bloody Nazi for checking homocysteine. <laughs> I like my, my emails, I call it the God computer because I've got everyone's emails on my computer, which I need to get rid of these days. And I see when people order tests and every time I see a homocysteine order, or, or a methylation, I should say, order just pop across the screen like, there she goes again, there she goes again. Oh, it's so true though. Like it's such an important marker for me because obviously yeah. I bloody love genetics and yeah. I, I do attract my cluster of clients. It's a bit of, but everyone is th like very similar picture probably to this lady yeah. before breast cancer. Like, 
um, very adrenally driven, probably, you know, um, genetically not metabolizing estrogen as well as the next person, a bit thyroidy. Like I do attract it. Um, and so for me, and usually NTHFR variants, which clearly there's looking like there's a couple for this lady. Mm. Um, oh, comp is good. Yeah. Lucky. Woohoo. So that's a big one. Um, um, CBS, CBS is, is not. Is rubbish. <laughs> So, sorry, sorry Caroline, we're laughing at your genes. <laughs> I'm only laughing because mine are very, very similar. Um, so it's just like homocysteine for me is a great marker of how we're detoxing, how we're methylating, um, you know, and just our overall. I, I think because it's such a it's such an inflammatory or probably, inflammatory is probably not the right word, but, um, you know, amino acid when it's not being broken down to cysteine. Like if that marker is up, it tells me so much mm. about the overall systemic state of the body and what it's doing. So. Yeah. Everyone laughs at me. I'm the Nazi. I don't care if your GP doesn't want to do it. It's 25 bucks. Get them to do it. Um, <laughs> do it. Do it. But, yeah, so obviously that would be something I would be keeping my eye on as a marker of just as you start to really look after yourself and, you know, probably look after your gut function, look after your liver function. I'd probably be retesting home every probably every mm. six months and having yep. a look at that. Ideally, we want it between six and seven. And it's a really good way, yeah, as you say, mm. to monitor. Like you can see there's these genetic propensities there, but you can do those simple yeah, tests simple just to tests. see and go, hey, what's going on? Yeah, like, like, yeah, we've got these genetic variants, but how much are they actually mm. impacting you? At the moment, not a lot because we don't have these other sort of, you know, byproducts yeah, raised. So definitely. That's definitely. why I love it. <laughs> vitamin D. Oh, sorry, not vitamin D. Vitamin B12. That's interesting, isn't it? Considering yeah. what we're seeing with a low vitamin yeah. B12 status. Um, we might need to wrap this baby up to. anyway, blood pressure. I think we've gone over the main ones anyway. We've got a few sort of yeah. in the midline ones in regards to fat metabolism. But I think, you know, she did mention about the, the visceral weight, but, you I know, think, you could yeah. say maybe there's a little bit of play here, but I think it's more about the low estrogen than these yeah, guys working so against her. I honestly think, like, take-homes without going too much into this genetic test because we could start rattling off I genes know. and you guys are just going to be like, what the hell are these girls talking about? Big take-homes long-term from your genes are really supporting um, antioxidant status, again, which we've already talked about. So this can be done with nutrients, like supplemental nutrients and with food, really looking after the, um, inf the inflammatory response. So you yeah. um, obviously living an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, but also eating an anti-inflammatory diet. Mm -hmm. Did I say living an inflammatory lifestyle? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm, to rattle I'm not sure so I got it baked out. I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, it's my Jess got a client like it and smashes it. So anti-inflammatory lifestyle, anti-inflammatory supplements, really looking after the gut, really looking after gut detox, uh, liver detoxification, really staying on top of your bloods. Um, mm. That's probably the bit, and looking at, yeah, detoxification, that's probably the big take-homes from your genes. And even just in terms of long-term, the thing I love about genetics mm. is it's not just acute, it's about what do we need to really look exactly. after long-term here. Yeah, so, for sure. No, I think you just, you nailed it. Are there so much... As we said, you're doing so much already. So much right. But just like, to push this further, it would be really important to just really turn up the dial on how much you're saturating yourself dietary-wise with all those anti-inflammatories, hormone supporters, liver support. And I would, I mean, if you were walking into the Jason Clinic, we would probably be investigating this further from a gut health mm -hmm. and um, getting more of an idea of what's happening with your liver um, yeah. now that we've seen more in regards to those test results. Yeah. And really from a supplement point of view, I think you'd find that's where we would be diving in yeah. deeper. There's a lot you're already taking though, so we'd probably be cautious with that. But yeah. I think we would certainly be looking at supporting a lot around inflammation, liver, antioxidant support, gut. Yeah. 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 
Sweet. Boom. Hopefully we've nailed that for you. Carolyn, thank you so much. Thank for you, sending, thank you. Thank you for sending it in. That was epic and we do love epic um, cases, so you did well. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone has any other cases they'd like to share, you know you can email them to yes. us at the at clinic on reception at jessicacox.com.au. <laughs> And as always, if you have anything you'd like us to talk about, feel welcome to let us know. We've got some cracking guests coming up um, over the coming months, so we're really excited about that. We'll drop the lump in the next one. Yeah. We've got the boys we've on. Got the, we've got one with the boys, so we'll be advertising that more about the guys going through their gut health journeys. Okay. And when we say the guys, it's my husband and Emma's husband. <laughs> so it's going to be a really good one if you guys have got, well, not you guys, but like essentially if there's guys listening or ladies yeah. listening with husbands or partners and you have questions around their health that you'd like us to talk to the boys about when they're on, throw them at us. Yeah, because the boys have been doing, they've both done gut tests. Did Danny do a gut yeah, test? He did. Well? Yeah, he yeah. And Jess and Emma have actually put them through the dietary protocols and to some with some pretty awesome positive yeah. results, which I think is going to be cool to hear them talk about. Yeah, so, it's going to be great. Yeah, well, the boys will be on the next one. So Awesome. As always, um, we love, love it when you share <laughs> the podcast, so share away, subscribe, all of the things. All um, the things. And if you have any feedback, always let us know. We love feedback. We do. All right. Thanks, all right, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Carolyn, for sending that in. Bye. Bye.